What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Friday, so time to go over every game, talk about the wide receivers I'd be starting and sitting this week. So, let's hop right into things with Browns at Ravens. This game has a 45.5 point total, Ravens 6.5 point home favorites. For the Browns, pretty much just Amari or Bust. He's got nearly a 28% target share on the season, and the Ravens have, you know, a fairly average pass defense so there's nothing particular in the matchup that's going to have us avoiding the spot for Amari. Uh, Cleveland should be trailing this week which should elevate their pass attempts. He's just like a solid wide receiver too with you know as we know with Amari Cooper high weekly upside. So he's not a wide receiver too that is pretty much always going to come in around his projection. He will have some games that are like two for 30. You just have to accept that because he also has seven for 120 touchdown and range of outcomes. You want to start players like that. Give yourself access to ceiling. On the Raven side, I think Bateman is going to play this week, but he's not a lock too. So definitely confirm that before kickoff. We'll probably know later in the week. If he does play, then he currently grades out as my wide receiver 28. That's like a solid play in the flex. If he is out, then we're going to have Duvernay stepping back into that wide receiver one role. He'd be like flex viable, but if you've got Duvernay starting versus Bateman starting, you still project Bateman to be the better player. Like he is just the better player, so he's the better play in fantasy. So we would like Bateman to return. I think he's a good play if he does come back, but obviously check that. Browns pass defense, 27th pass defense DVOA, 31st in yards per attempt allowed. The Ravens are home. They're projected to score 26. So again, it's a good spot, but we prefer Bateman. And then if Bateman does return, you don't need to play Duvernay unless you're in like a super deep league, multiple flex spots. I have Bateman and Duvernay actually in a 16-team league that I'm in. Uh, I'm going to play whoever's starting, but if Bateman's back on, I'm not playing Duvernay. Next up, we've got Falcons at Bengals. This game has a relatively high, at least for this week, 47 and a half point total Bengals six and a half point home favorites line moving a little bit in their direction for the Falcons Drake London has a monster 33 percent target share that ranks third in the NFL behind only Mark Andrews and CeeDee Lamb the problem is Atlanta loves to run the ball I have them projected to throw just over 23 pass attempts which only gives London again with a 33 percent target share around eight targets for projection. So he'd be a great play, you know, on pretty much any other team. There's like one or two other teams that also have this low of pass attempts. But, you know, it's just like if they're not going to throw the ball, I don't really care that someone has a 33% target share. Like he's going to be around seven or eight targets. He'll need to be pretty efficient with those targets. He started the year more efficient than he is right now. He's been dropping in efficiency. I think given the you know, the talent that he has, given he still is getting one of every three targets on the offense, I think he should still be played in the flex. Just understand that, like, you can look at these metrics and be like, wow, he's a smash play, but they just won't throw it. On the Bengals side, I always obviously play Jamar Chase. We saw his ceiling last week. And I think we go back to Higgins this week. I recommended sitting him last week because 
you know, we weren't overly confident. Now, technically, I was wrong there. I thought that he would come back and he'd play closer to like 60% of the snaps and then not be 100%. And those, he played almost 90% of the snaps and he still wasn't 100%. You could like tell that he was still injured. Uh, but I think this week, comes back, should get a full snap share, should be more healthy. Uh, Falcons don't have like an imposing defense or anything. Uh, I just think, you know, again, start Chase and Higgins is my wide receiver 12. So unless you have, you know, three rock solid wide receiver ones ahead of Higgins, if you do, congratulations. I don't know how you pulled that off, uh, but that'd be the only case. Like you're, you're just playing Higgins if you got him. Lions at Cowboys is up next. High, 48 and a half point total. Cowboys, seven point home favorites for the Lions. St. Brown was on a snap count against the Patriots in week five. But he exited that game without suffering a setback. Then he's got the full bye week to recover. And now he's practicing in full this week. So he should be 100% heading into this matchup. You're playing him as a locked-in wide receiver one. Dallas does have a strong defense overall. But this is a top, honestly, he might be the number one. But definitely a top three game environment of the week. It's a game you just want players in because it's not a lock that both teams are going to score like 30 points, right? The over-under is less than 50, okay? 30 points is 60. So it's not a lock this game goes nuclear, but it could. You know, you've got a Lions team that I trust to come out with a solid game plan for how to best attack Dallas, and I expect them to be successful. And if that happens, well, they have a trash defense, and we've got Dallas on the other side, a very explosive offense, probably getting Dak back. So it's a really good game. You want to play players like if they're on the fringes for you this week, you probably want to just put players in this game in your starting lineup. Unfortunately, the return of St. Brown, the return probably of DeAndre Swift, having Hawkinson there, that takes my appeal off of Reynolds, off of Chark. So like those two, you're not really considering them this week. Uh, it's really just going to be the big three for Detroit and then maybe Jamal Williams as well. Either one of them could hit, but I just think having all those players back kind of mutes my interest in any of them. Their chances of hitting are definitely lower. For the Cowboys side, again, like I said, Dak should return. Um, doesn't doesn't like really matter, you know, Lamb, you were playing whoever's they have a high school quarterback, I don't care. You're like you're playing CD Lamb, especially in this spot. But Dak returning just elevates everything. It just makes everything uh, more viable. 32nd ranked pass defense DVOA for Detroit, 28th in yards for pass attempt allowed. Again, if you've got fringe options, you want to play them this week. And then I think includes Gallup. I alluded to my 16-team league before. I think I'm going to play him in that league. I have not played him in any league so far this season. He hasn't been great. Like, he's been fine. Um, but again, he, he's been playing with, like, Cooper Rush. We've had Lamb really producing. But... Right now, Gallup's my wide receiver 31, so that's not like a lock. Like, if you have him, it is very possible you have three, maybe four wide receivers that rank inside the top 30. You don't need to play him. But if you have to, you're looking at Gallup this week, and you're like, you know, it'd be nice if I could play him in the flex. Not a must start, but I think that, like, he's definitely getting better. He was up to 76% of the offensive snaps last week. He looks better. He's a touchdown threat. Like I just think he's a really quality play this week. And again, certainly has a ceiling. So if you got to go there, I think it's totally fine to do so. Next up, we've got Packers at Commanders. Low 41.5 point total. Packers five point road favorites. For the Packers, and actually 
I think that line moved to four and a half. It's actually moving towards the commander side, which is kind of frightening for the Packers. For the Packers. Uh, Lazard and Dobbs are both like low-end wide receiver twos this week. You've got Cobb and Christian Watson very, very likely out again this week. Though it's possible that Sammy Watkins is able to return. Check the practice reports there. Uh, we'll find out probably honestly on like Saturday night, Sunday morning, if he is going to return this week. If he does, it takes a little bit away from Lazard and from Dobbs, but I would guess that in his first week back from this hamstring injury, being a player, talking about Sammy Watkins here, that has suffered many injuries in the past, you'd think they'd be slow in bringing him back. And then, you know, he's definitely not playing over Lazard. Rodgers loves him. And then Dobbs, like, you would just think the team wants to develop him. He's been playing totally fine. Like, he's, he's been really good. Maybe not in fantasy. Like, the fantasy production hasn't totally been there. But, like, as an actual player, he's been really good. You would think he'd play over Sammy as well. So, I don't think it's going to change all that much if he does return. But, obviously, if he doesn't, and you've got Cobb out, you've got Watson out, and Watkins, like, it's really going to lock in the target share for Lazard and Dobbs. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, you slightly prefer Lazard because he has a slightly higher target share and a deeper ADOT. They're using him more downfield. They're using Dobbs a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. And so if you've got, you know, a person getting more targets deeper downfield, you obviously slightly prefer them. Uh, but again, both like low end wide receiver twos, neither must plays, but there's nothing about the matchup that concerns us. Uh, the commanders are 19th in pass defense DVOA, 32nd in yards for pass attempt allowed so you know green bay hasn't looked fantastic but again like i said they're going to get volume nothing about the matchup concerns us and so if you got them i think you're probably playing them for the commanders we will see if dotson is able to play uh he's either going to return this week or next week that's what it's kind of looking like right now but i don't know his final status as of yet ultimately it's not like a huge deal either way we actually haven't seen the role for Curtis Samuel or McLaurin change like a whole lot in his absence. And so neither one of them really projects as like a fantastic play, even if you project Dotson out. And so if he returns, they're obviously not going to be better plays, right? And so I think you're honestly probably benching all of them. With all of them, I would say Dotson, you're just probably not playing regardless. But I would say that like, you're probably benching everyone. If you need to play Samuel and you need to play McLaurin in the flex, there are definitely worse plays. Like, they're still going to have volume. Samuel would have had a good game last week. I would have won my matchup had he caught the 40-yard touchdown that just, like, slipped right through his hands. But you look at this week, Packers, ninth in pass defense DVOA, sixth in yards for pass attempt allowed. It's not a good matchup. You've got Taylor Heineke as the starting quarterback this week. Uh, who's, you know, better than many backups are, but still he, he's not like good or anything. So you're probably again benching them, but if you have to, it's not the worst play in the world. Next up, we've got Bucks at Panthers, very low, 40 and a half point total, Bucks 11 point road favorites, which is pretty embarrassing to be an 11 point home underdog for the Panthers. For the Bucks, uh, Carolina has a below average pass defense, they're below average, you know, everything. Um, the Bucks are projecting to score nearly 26 points if the line keeps moving it'll go over 26 points uh, and that's despite the low total so you can look at the total in this game and be like oh no scoring's happening no no scoring's happening on the panther side the pucks are still going to score points uh and even if this game blows out it's pretty likely that it blew out because evans and godwin got them there unless there's like multiple pick sixes so you got evans you got godwin just play him this week for the panthers 
Robbie Anderson was traded away after his temper tantrum last week. Uh, hopefully that is something that DJ Moore took notice of, and maybe he'll do that this week so he can get out of there. Uh, unfortunately, though, Moore does play for the Panthers as of right now. They've not traded him yet. We hope that they will. They have not yet. His quarterback is still P.J. Walker. Uh, P.J. Walker is not a good quarterback. He's not going to look good against the Bucs. Uh, Moore had 130, either 6 or 8, I don't remember which one, but like he had over 100% of the Panthers air yards last week because everyone else had like a negative dot. So they were throwing the ball at no point downfield. Everything was behind the line of scrimmage. Everything was a dump off and there's no upside there and they're not going to score many points if they do that. So Moore is the only person, obviously you can play 25% target share. He's getting the air yards. He's literally competing with like she Smith or shy Smith. I don't remember how you say it. Uh, and Terrace Marshall, like there's no competition but that also means the Bucs are going to look at this and be like, oh, all we have to do is double-team DJ Moore every play, and they won't be able to do anything. So it's not a good spot. Hopefully, they pepper him with targets. Hopefully, he can do something. But, you know, I don't see how you can have much confidence in Moore this week. Giants at Jaguars is up next. 42-point total. Jaguars, three-point home favorites. For the Giants, Wandell returned last week. He commanded four targets despite only playing 15 snaps. That's the most encouraging part. The touchdown was great because they're designing him looks close to the end zone. That's awesome. They're getting him designed targets. Fantastic. They're using him when he's on the field. 15 snaps, four targets. Great. The only question here is, is he going to go up to 30 snaps, 40 snaps, 50 snaps? Like, what is his snap share going to be? I'm hoping uh, we get news on, like, Friday that's like, he's good to go. He's back. He's playing all the snaps. Uh, if we don't get that, though... I can probably only project him for like still a partial snap share, not 15 snaps, but like I can't project him for 100% of snaps if we don't really know that. So hopefully we get that news. Uh, if we don't, he's a lower end flex play. If we do, well, it depends what the news says. Um, but I'd say the most you're playing him at this week is like a solid play in the flex. There's no way you're moving him into like that wide receiver two spot, but I love the upside here. He's my most roster player on underdog by like a mile. I have far too much money on Wandell Robinson this season. So I like the talent. I like the potential opportunity. Uh, let's hope for that report comes out. And then there's no one else. Like now that he's returned, they've got Saquon Barkley. They're a low volume total offense. They're not a fantastic offense in general. You're not playing any other uh, wide receivers there. For the Jaguars, Kirk has been pretty disappointing as of late. Uh, but he does still have a 22% target share on the season. He's got a good amount of red zone usage. They really like, you know, working him the ball in the red zone. So I feel comfortable playing him as like a low-end wide receiver too, especially as a home favorite against a below-average pass defense. But, you know, he's not like some sort of smash play. Like if you had other wide receivers, which you very well might, like, you know, you probably drafted him in what, like the eighth or the ninth round and so if you've got other players that you really want to play over him totally fine uh but you know he's a solid like low end two to flex play uh and then you can leave the other pass catchers alone zay jones technically has a good target share but we like kirk because he has a good target share and then also like 14 14 and a half yards per reception right he gets work deeper downfield work in the red zone zay jones gets work very close to the line of scrimmage so there's not as much upside there so we like kirk we don't like really anyone else the pass catchers there next up Colts at Titans 42 and a half point total Titans two and a half point which I believe actually moved to two points home favorites against of course the Colts and that's coming off of their bye 
for the Titans. For the Colts, uh, Pittman went off last week. He's now up to a 25% target share in the season, which is right where we were projecting him to be all year. Uh, he's been pretty unlucky, actually, to only have the one touchdown so far, but he's playing, you know, 99% of the snaps. He's being peppered with targets. He's a must play against the Titans this week. After Pittman, you can look to Alec Pierce, but he's just like a low-end flex play. He has a 17% target share over the last three weeks, 15 yards per reception on the season. So he's getting work downfield. He's being used pretty well in the offense. The Titans rank 28th in both pass defense DVOA and yards per pass attempt allowed. So this is a good spot for Pierce, he should have a pretty quality game, but it's really going to come down to a deep shot or two, right? Like if he's getting this work downfield, if he's their deep threat, you know, he could have plenty of games where he has two for 40, two for 35. And so if he connects deep, it'll be good. You know, you're basically playing the flex, hoping that happens, but understanding that it still might not. For the Titans, you're probably benching all of their wide receivers. I suppose you could use Robert Woods in the flex if you needed to. 23% target share on the season. Uh, he's their pretty clear number one now that uh, Traylon Burks is on the IR. But they have the same concerns as alluded to with the Falcons, right? Like they don't project for very many total plays. And when they do run a play, they're probably running the ball. And so it doesn't matter if Woods has a really high target share. The analogy I used a few weeks ago is he might have a good target share, but a big piece of a small pie is still a small piece of pie, Right. Even if he's got this good target share, if it's on such a low volume offense, it doesn't matter as much. So again, you could use him in the flex. He's their number one wide receiver, uh, but nothing about this game really stands out for him. He might see a lot of Stephon Gilmore. And so it's like, it's not great. The one thing I'm a little excited about is we always look at rookies, rookie wide receivers, particularly in the second half of the season, especially after their bye. We would have been looking at this spot for Traylon Burks, but he's injured. Maybe Phillips comes out. He's got a better snap share. He's got a better target share, and he looks better in this offense as being used more. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think you need to play him, but something to watch. Again, rookies usually break out in the second half after their bye. Four o'clock games kick off with Texans at Raiders. This game has a 45.5 point total. Raiders seven point home favorites. For the Texans, Brandon Cooks has a 26% target share on the season. The Raiders' pass defense ranks 30th in pass defense VOA, 20th in yards per pass attempt allowed. The Texans haven't looked great outside of Damian Pierce, but it's a good spot for Brandon Cooks. He should be treated as like a mid to low end wide receiver too, and one with a lower floor playing on the Texans, but a high ceiling. We all know Brandon Cooks could go out there and have over 100 and a score. He's still a very talented wide receiver, still clearly the number one. After him, you can look at Nico Collins, I would say more in deeper formats as like, you know, your second flex play in a 14 or 16 team league. But for those of you in 8, 10, 12 team leagues, he's got a nice downfield role. I think he's a good wide receiver. Maybe long term, he can be a little bit better. Right now, it is very unlikely. Again, 8, 10, 12 team leagues, you need to play him. For the Raiders, uh, Adams, obviously play him. Renfro isn't like a bad play in the flex. He's just got no real upside like the target share is good but he gets no work downfield especially if Waller were to play there's no touchdown upside because they're using Jacobs Waller and Adams when they get to the red zone he'll be a better play if Waller's out which it kind of looks like is going to happen right now we'll see what happens there uh but even then like 
it's Adams. Adams gets every target, and then it's Jacobs. Jacobs gets all the carries, few targets in the receiving game. They get the touchdowns. Like, there's just no upside. Unless a team just completely takes away Adams, even then, Renfro's going to need to rack up seven, eight, nine receptions to be worth playing, especially if you're not in a full PPR format. If you're in full PPR, I guess it's fine. Uh, but if you're in like standard or half PPR, there's no real need to play Renfro. Jets at Broncos is up next. Extremely low. 38.5 point total. Broncos only one point home favorites. Very, very terrible game environment. For the Jets, you're probably only looking at Garrett Wilson. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who Patrick Sertan covers because whoever he covers is probably only going to have zero to one receptions in this game. So you'd think it would probably be Garrett Wilson, which would open up the door for like maybe a good Elijah Moore game. But the ideal way to attack this game is to play Cortland Sutton, Brees Hall, and no one else. At least Cortland Sutton has a 28% target share in the season. Like, you know, he's getting the targets. He's getting, uh, he has the strongest, you know, red zone role in the team. Everyone else at like pretty much every position just don't play. I mean, you're probably not playing the quarterbacks. You're probably not playing the tight ends. You're probably just playing Brees Hall at running back and just Sutton at wide receiver. You could look at Greg Dulcich, you know, in like a deeper format. But he's only my tight end 17 right now. He's a rookie tight end. I know he had the touchdown, but he had two catches. Like, you're probably, again, looking at Brees Hall and Sutton, and that's it. Next up, we've got the Chiefs at the 49ers. Relatively high, 48.5 point total. Chiefs, 2.5 point road favorites. For the Chiefs, Juju went off last week, but all of his production really came on two broken plays with multiple missed tackles on like each of them. There was one that like three people just ran into each other and he runs into the end zone. Like it wasn't actually that his role got any better. If anything, like it was his second lowest target on that season, like second lowest target total. He'd been getting, you know, eight targets most week. He only got five. Like he didn't have a great game overall. It's just that two busted plays kind of made up for it. Uh, this week, it's again, a tough spot on the road against the 49ers. And so, you can play Juju in the flex, but he's still, he wasn't a great play last week. He just happened to get lucky. He's no, none of the Chiefs wide receivers inside my top 30. Like, we'll just put it that way. Like, any of them could post a spiked week, have a random long touchdown on a busted play, but none of them rank inside my top 30. For the 49ers, Debo has been fairly disappointing so far. He's been like fine, but you know, if you have him, he's been relatively disappointing. But this is a good spot for him, and I, I don't know. I just have a feeling a big day is coming for Debo. Uh, San Fran's going to need to score points. They're going to need to be aggressive. They have to know, even if they get up like 10 points, they can't just run the ball every play. They'd like to, but they know Mahomes on the other side. They know they have to keep pushing the pace. As for Ayuk, he's coming off the big game last week, and he's now up to a 22% target share in the season, 66% catch rate. You all know the deal with Ayuk. I talk about it every week. The floor is low. He's a great player. I think he's underutilized because I don't think they throw the ball enough. They have good weapons. They should be throwing it. But again, he go out there and get two receptions for 20 yards. They've got Kittle. They've got Debo. All three of these guys, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, one of them's going to bust. Like every week, one of them's not going to have a great game. And if one goes nuclear, it probably means two of them didn't have a good game. So, you know, you're kind of just guessing which one's going to have the production each week. I think it's Debo this week, but if you think it's Ayuk, he grades out as my wide receiver 24. He's a totally fine play in the flex. Just understand the floor is low. The final four o'clock game will be Seahawks at Chargers. High, 
51 point total chargers six point home favorites for seattle metcalf and lockett had dud games last week but lockett just missed a 50 yard touchdown uh he had it and the defender made a really really good play to just tip it away and then metcalf failed to bring in a touchdown of his own so they just missed having really solid games i'm expecting a bounce back for seattle this week against the chargers defense that has definitely underperformed so far this season it's a better matchup for the ground game and i think kenneth walker is gonna have a really nice game but it's a high total for a reason. The line is moving in favor of Seattle. Betters are thinking Seattle is going to bounce back here. Uh, it's very likely Seattle puts up points, and these two have north of 50% target share. Like, they're going to have more than half the targets. One of them is probably going to have a really good game. Again, I'd play both at wide receiver two. For the Chargers, this is also a pretty good matchup. Seattle's pass defense ranks 26th in DVOA, 30th in yards for pass attempt allowed the expectation is that keenan allen is going to return this week though hopefully we find out not only is he returning but is he on a snap count what his snap count is is he playing half the snaps 25 percent, 75 percent? we don't really know we'll find that out probably on friday or saturday hopefully at least by sunday morning i would say as long as he's out there as long as they're saying like he's a snap count but it's going to be like if he feels good he's going to keep going like if that's the report i think you're probably playing him it's a little risky, I guess, having a 4 o'clock kickoff. You might not know by 1 o'clock, but I'll see what the reports are. I'll adjust the rankings accordingly. I think you're playing Mike Williams regardless. It's pretty unlikely that Keenan Allen goes out there and commands like 40% of the targets, and then Mike Williams kind of stinks. Like, just play Mike Williams. He's a good play. Um, obviously, like we saw last week, like it was a terrible matchup for him last week, but we saw the floor. The floor with Mike Williams is always low, but the ceiling is incredible. So you, you probably want to just be playing Mike Williams every week. Uh, and then Palmer suffered the concussion, so he's probably going to be out this week. Uh, but, you know, you probably weren't playing him at all now that Keenan Allen is probably back. But again, we'll see what the reports are. Sunday night game. It's going to be Steelers at Dolphins, 44.5 point total. Dolphins, 7 point home favorites for the Steelers. I have Deontay as like a flex play and then Pickens and Claypool as more lower end options. Claypool had... A great game last week, but it was his first over 10 full PPR points. You know, if you look at the production, like, obviously he had to catch all of his targets to really get there. Made a few really nice plays, but, like, they were 50-50 balls. They could have easily not gone in his direction. I just don't want people to think that all of a sudden he's a must-play at, like, wide receiver two every week. He's going to have around 16 to 18% of the targets. He probably needs to score a touchdown to be viable. It is a low-volume offense, a low-efficiency offense. They're road underdogs. Like You probably have a better play than Claypool, and I would say the same thing goes for Pickens. I think second half of the season, maybe he can start to truly break out. Um, everyone gets a downgrade if Trubisky is the quarterback. If Pickett is able to return, everyone gets an upgrade, but I would still say Deontay is probably the one you're playing and probably bench the other two. For the Dolphins, just always play Tyreek Hill and Waddle if they're active. Um, I believe it's Waddle that's banged up a little bit right now. Uh, but just watch the reports with both of these players. Again, if they are on the field and there's not some sort of like snap count issue, Hill, Waddle, just play them. Monday night game is going to be Bears at Patriots. Very low. 39.5 point total. Patriots, 8 point home favorites. For the Bears, none of the wide receivers rank inside the top 55 for me this week. So you can bench all of them in any format and then for the Patriots 
Myers is, you know, like a strong wide receiver too. He's not a must play, but he's going to get a good target share every week. He's a good player. He's actually producing a little bit in the red zone now this year, which is awesome. Like he's solid. He's a solid play at wide receiver too, or in the flex. Um, My hope is that it's going to start shifting more of that like secondary wide receiver production to Thornton. Hopefully he can get up to like a 70% snap share this week. We will see. Uh, But like you're not probably playing any of the secondary wide receivers for the Patriots. Again, Thornton is the one that I want long-term as they're like every down wide receiver too. He is the one they're going to scheme end rounds to, screen passes to. Um, They're going to scheme him deep looks as well. Like he's going to be really, really good in fantasy, but it's still a little bit early. We still want to, you know, he's coming off the two touchdown game. He's not going to do that every week. Uh, He still only had, what was it like four ish targets? And then like the three carries most weeks, that's not going to result in as good as he did last week. It's a bad game environment. Uh, I think you're probably benching all non Myers wide receivers, but again, I want to be snatching Thornton. We were very high on, especially like a last pick on underdog. So I need him to produce this season. It looks like he's going to, but I don't think this is the week we need to be starting him in season long. So that's a breakdown of every game this week. If you have any other questions, my rankings are constantly updated for the latest news, the latest um, projection updates that need to be changed for like, you know, like the snap counts, injuries, things like that. And you can see my detailed projections as well, especially if you want some action this week, you want to take advantage of some bad lines on underdog. And if you want to do that, which you absolutely should, because you guys, many of you have access to the detailed lines. Why would you not take advantage of lines on underdog? Use promo code FFA when you're signing up. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. That is a free $100. Use that to make some picks this week. So I'll be back tomorrow to go over my favorite plays of the week. But then, my friends, is it in this one? Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.